Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another edition of the PHNX T-Bags Podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, and I am still a little hungover from last night. Uh, I'm still your mayor, though, of not only PHNX, but of the postseason. And I got these two guys backing me up today. Uh, they did a little less drinking last night than I did because uh, they had work to do, but they still got plenty of champagne sprayed on them. Of course, I'm joined by my tag team partner over here, the one and only Patrick Lyons, and my vice mayor, and your Thunderstick, the returning Jesse Friedman, who I feel like I haven't seen in studio in eight months. It's been a it's been a while. <laughs> have you been drinking it's enough been... water? You're drinking coffee. You know what? You? I have to give a shout out to Patrick because he he was literally like running water errands for me that a yesterday. Making sure I, I stayed hydrated See, during the game. That's so, why we uh... keep this guy around because I know he can watch <laughs> you when I'm unable to. But uh, Jesse Jr., of course, uh, he missed you very much. He's grown a mustache since you left and things have gotten weird. But They grow up so uh, quick. They grow up so quick. <laughs> uh, boys, what a win last night for the wow. Arizona Diamondbacks. I know you guys were both there present and i know you guys both uh kind of gotten to witness this crazy run this team has been on i don't know if i've ever seen anything as crazy as that third inning last night with those four home runs hit yeah. i know a lot of people are still talking about the gabriel moreno uh home run where i think it was andrew mccutcheon that tweeted out i've never seen someone no. hit a foul home run and then just come back to hit a, a real home run in the next, you know, in the next pitch or the next two. I don't know if it was the next pitch. I think it was a few pitches later. But no, it was no. It was, it was, next, it was, it was the very next pitch. The next that was it what was Tori just, said is like, you see it in, in Little League and you're like, oh, it, it never happens. Yeah. Where as soon as you hit one foul, you're like, it's it's impossible to do it. Yeah, I'm do sure it again. it's happened. Right. Second, third, fourth pitch. <laughs> sure. But literally the next yeah. pitch. Yeah. What? Especially in that instance where there was a question of whether or not it was foul and they had to go back and review it. You had Gabby already come back to the dugout and then he had to come back in to go go back in yeah. <laughs> up to yeah, the he plate. He ran around the bases yeah. entirely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we were watching the clips highlights last night and Lance Lynn's reaction or non-reaction when Moreno hit the real one, he he just like looked down, didn't didn't look at it at all. He was like. I am so toast. Yeah. Why didn't Dave Roberts take yeah, me out? Yeah. Why am I in this game? This is awful. Yeah. His reaction was pretty good. Yeah. Well, the Dodgers definitely have a lot of things, a lot of questions uh, to answer today. And I mean, that organization definitely, you know, definitely has has some issues. I mean, they're the second 100 win team to never once hold a lead an entire playoff round. That wow. comes from ESPN's wow. Aldine Gonzalez. <laughs> like, that's crazy. 
that is like to never hold a lead once. And I mean, obviously, you know, we know they had the buy, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go this 162 game season, you, you play so well, you get to this record. Uh, and then again, this, you know, we, we, we get to these playoffs and, the Braves, they're struggling as well with the Philadelphia Phillies who are kind of in the same role as the Diamondbacks where they never stopped playing baseball. They just kind of kept playing. And even though it's absurd how many games these teams have under their belt now at this point, it almost once again seems like the right answer is to never stop playing baseball. You know, uh, obviously with the yeah. Dodgers, though, there's there's a lot of a lot of disappointment over there in Los Angeles oh, right yeah. now. There's there's a lot of disappointment. And I, I think Bill Shaken, uh, writer for the L.A. Times, wrote a story today about, you know, what exactly who who exactly is to blame for the way that the Dodgers performed in this series. And he made it very clear in his column, which I agree with. You cannot blame the layoff for this. You no. cannot blame, you know, the fact that the Dodgers, you know, didn't play for five days or, or whatever it is. There's this thing called the all star break in in baseball. And I'm I'm told that teams are expected to like still be able to play baseball when they come back. <laughs> I've and heard that's, that. That's like a four day break as well, right? Monday through Thursday. So yeah, there's there's really no excuse for that in in my mind. Um, and and I think it's going to be the same now for the Diamondbacks. They're in a similar position, right? They mm-hmm. played yesterday. They're the game one of the NLCS is not until Monday. That's a full four days, Thursday through Sunday, that the Diamondbacks are not going to be playing a competitive game. And if the D-backs come out flat on Monday, the same goes for them, right? The Diamondbacks can't come out flat on Monday just because they have this four day, uh, you know, period of, of time off. These are professional athletes. They deal with a lot of adversity. This is a really hard sport to play. And I just don't think that that's a valid excuse for, you know, the way that the Dodgers performed in this series. Freddie Freeman, his comments yesterday, which if you, you play it back multiple times, kind of like Zapruder film, you're like, wait, am I seeing something? You know, he kind of just ended with saying, you know, three games, three games. Like, yeah, we, we didn't do it. You know, they were combined, what, one for 21? Yeah, they were, they were Freddie awful. Freeman. Yeah. yeah, like a, a handful of walks, like nothing. They, they, they went The one hit quiet. was an infield single. Yeah, so, so they didn't get it done, but I think the thing that Freddie Freeman was kind of holding on to, three games. And like, okay, yeah, but that's just kind of how the, the, the setup is. And, and you could tweak the format all you want, but... You, you got to win the games and things are going to happen. We've also really only yeah. had this format for a very short amount of time. So with a small sample size, wild things can happen. And I imagine over you know a long period of time, the, the better team ends up winning more yeah. times than oh, not. Yeah. But, yeah. People point to the Astros last year who had yeah. that layoff and they went all the way to the World Series. They didn't seem to bother them one right. bit. Yeah. We also have the Braves who, again, they're struggling with the Phillies, but the Phillies are a good team. I don't know if that's an indictment of the the Braves, you know, time off, or if it's just a matter of these two teams are rivals and they weren't really that far off during the season. We know the Braves have a more complete team, but we do know that the Phillies have the edge when it comes to like, I guess experience, right? I mean, they just have more experienced guys. I want to say this about the Dodgers because I love a chance to bury, especially David Peralta after what he said (laughs) in regards to chase field and everything like that. But yeah, if you want to talk about why the Dodgers lost, lost this series jesse you told us and we joked about this but this is an actual thing that happened that you saw at one point the dodgers choreographing dance routines essentially or practicing (laughs) the little the little dance that david peralta did on base the dance he did on base when they were down i believe nine to nothing in game one that he just couldn't wait to do because they just practiced it. So they had to fit it in like the Savannah bananas somewhere. Right. Uh, And I really feel like that could just be an example of 
the way that the Dodgers prepared for this series, their mindset coming in against this Diamondbacks team, those arrogant comments about Chase Field being like Dodger Stadium East, all of that stuff combined makes me feel like the Diamondbacks took this more seriously. They were better prepared and they were out there, like Ryan Thompson said, playing every game like it was their last game. Versus the Dodgers that kind of played it like, all right, well, you know, we lost game one, but it's all going to fall into place for us in game two and beyond. Yeah, I mean, I think the Dodgers, the Dodgers are such a good regular season team and they have been for so long, right? I think they're they're a team that has, they've got the marathon thing figured out, right? The Dodgers are going to, I mean, you can pretty much mark it down every year. You can put it in pen before the season even starts. The Dodgers are going to win 100 games or close to it basically every single season. But that mindset that that allows you to win 100 games is not the same mindset that allows you to succeed in the postseason. Correct. And, you know, Dave Roberts took responsibility for that after after the series was over. And I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't necessarily want to place blame on the Dodgers for for coming out and taking the D-backs for granted or not being well prepared, not doing their homework. I, I don't know if we really have evidence that that happened, but we do have evidence that the Dodgers just are really struggling in these in these high leverage moments that really matter. Mm. Right? It, it's a sprint in in the playoffs. It's not a marathon, and they just haven't they just haven't figured it out yet for whatever reason. Does is this the year that Dave Roberts finally gets blamed for that? Because he yeah, feels like the know. common thread there when it comes to this this lack of success that the Dodgers are able to have in the postseason. I mean, Lance Lynn isn't good, man. Like this, so Ross, there were yeah. there were some people in the press box commenting like this is the year that Dave Roberts is actually going to pay the price for this, and I'm just looking out there watching Lance Lynn pitch, and I'm like, I just yeah. don't know. I mean, the Dodgers needed starting pitching help at the trade deadline, and their solution was a guy with a six and a half ERA. Exactly, and you're going to put the blame for that on the manager. I mean, this is just a roster that was decimated with injuries. This is not. You know, this is not the same team that, that got the Dodgers to this point. Yeah. So, and not in, not just injuries. Like like I said, again, losing uh, Julio yeah, Urias is, 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 is a yeah. huge thing for them, right? So, yeah. um, but I mean, again, it's, it's fair. I think it's fair, like that saying, like, "Hey, is is this the year that they they go in a different direction?" But to your point, Jesse, I, I think Dave Roberts is the National League Manager of the Year. Look at this for roster, what he was like, able to do through all of those yeah, injuries and he, shortcomings he that the roster well, ended up having. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's almost like a slam dunk. Like, oh, this is probably his finest work. I mean, going into the season, the roster is already flawed, but you go, uh, they'll be fine. It's the Dodgers. Oh, no, Syndergaard. Watch, he's going to go out and, and get some Cy Young Award votes like Tyler Anderson did the year prior. And that isn't what happened at all. And he's still yeah. able to navigate that team. I'm kind of wondering if these higher seeded teams, the number one and two seed teams, how they haven't been playing well. I'm wondering if this new format is forcing them to play harder, deeper into the year because, hey, you want that first round by. You want to rest and recover. So yeah. go out there and keep winning ball games in the middle and late in parts of September. And then, you know, that that has an impact when you get to the postseason. And so, I mean, the Dodgers were pretty well insulated from their competition, though. At least, I mean, I guess them versus the Braves. Right. Like they, they were maybe in the running for that up until like the last week or so of the season. But I don't know, like where the Brewers going to catch the Dodgers <laughs> and, and get the first no. round by? Probably not. <laughs> no. Uh, our favorite Algerian fan, Jagertha, is here. Jagertha said, I'm no longer scared. The D-backs proved that they can beat every team of the M- MLB. Go D-backs. Love that attitude. Uh one thing to say in regards to giving the Dodgers credit from last night is that uh, things would have been different potentially 
at the end ending, ending of that game at Dodger Stadium because yeah. Chris Taylor's <laughs> home run or not home run his deep it wasn't fly a home out, run <laughs> would have been a home run in a lot of ballparks around baseball. Yeah. That could be said for a lot of fly balls. I feel like we sure. this has really been magnified in like the last two weeks. Yeah. I love especially that, that Astros series that, that we finished the year with the center field at Chase Field. Like, let's be it's honest here. Absurd. It's kind of dumb. It's like, like, it, is a, it is. I mean, there's a meme going around, right? I'm sure everyone's seen it. Like Chase Field laughs at your 440 foot home run to straightaway center field. You can literally hit a ball 440 feet to straightaway center. And, and it, it won't and go it out not, of the ballpark. And it will not be a home run. I think Chris Taylor's shot yesterday was like 408. Yeah. Something like that. It would have been. It would have dinged in 22 of 30 major yeah. league ballparks. And there was a runner on base. Dodger Stadium. Yep. It would have it tied the game. Yeah. It would have tied the game, but it didn't. And there was, and there was another fly ball. <laughs> who, who was, uh, who hit the ball that uh, Guriel? Was it Will Smith? Yeah, he had a okay, double? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was right in that little notch. That and little it was notch. twenty-eight out of thirty. Yeah, yeah. You know, eh, it's, it's only you know Chase Field, and then obviously we're at Camden Yards where they've got that big notch out in left right. field. Well, you can't help but feel like everything was going the Diamondbacks' way, yeah. not only last night but in this series. Right? They won two close games. They had that absolute beatdown of the Dodgers in game one and just everything about this felt like those little things you know like we've talked yeah. at times where the Diamondbacks were on the other side of that where everything felt like it was not going their way so now to see in a big series like this in a playoff series the 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 ball bouncing the Diamondbacks away it was just it was nice right but the ball didn't bounce the Diamondbacks way in this series necessarily the ball the ball was in the seats like the Diamondbacks <laughs> the Diamondbacks hit nine home runs in know, the series the Dodgers hit one the Diamondbacks the Diamondbacks outscored. <laughs> the ball was bouncing off the backs of seats in the left and right field. Bleachers. The Diamondbacks outscored the Dodgers nineteen to six. Yeah. I think it was yeah. in the series. Maybe. I mean, we. I think I actually look back at the yeah, numbers. I think I think you guys actually underestimated. So I I ran the numbers this morning. I'm pretty sure the Dodgers starting pitching ERA was twenty five point oh seven. I think we made a clerical error in there. Yeah, I don't think it was twenty point six error. So yeah, like the he diamond- couldn't help himself, could he? Derek? Yeah, he couldn't. I'm who's sorry. the secretary? Who's the secretary <laughs> of PHNX? Yeah, actually, we know who the mayor is. Actually, it was twenty point seven. Yeah, we know. We know. Derek, Derek has someone else doing these calculations for him. It's the the mayor, mayor, that's, that's it's, the, it's our it's our social media admin. That's who I have do that <laughs> stuff. He's not very good with math, but statistical intern. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Look, no, I mean, the, you're, you're right though. They put it to him in this series. I, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to say that. I just mean like the two games, four four yeah. to two games. Both of those games felt like at times the Dodgers had a comeback kind of on a roll. Could have gone a different way. Right. And I mean, obviously it could have gone a different way if the Diamondbacks weren't able to go up, you know, first, because who knows how that would have impacted them. It really felt like putting up the runs early was important. It really felt like at times the Dodgers were kind of if if this was a race, they were catching up. But they never, they never caught no. up and came parallel. Yeah. And even when they would get close, the Diamondbacks would somehow get some sort of boost and just and 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 create that distance, right? That third uh, inning yesterday was just one of the most electric things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're going to go to our guy that gives us the greatest quotes right now from the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> Clubhouse. Uh, we're going to go to our guy, Tio Mackey, getting us a quote from Tommy Pham. Here is his reaction to the four home runs. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read this quote. He said, Domo got one. And I was like, hell yeah. And Marte crushed one. And I was like, hell yeah. Seawalk blasted one. And I'm like, damn. Then Moreno hit the foul ball. And I'm like, ah, damn. Very next pitch. He blasted one. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> we read that last night and we were cracking <laughs> up. Like, Tommy that Fab, oh, is the quote. 
Tommy Pham is a national treasure and I want him to never change. Uh, he, when he Patrick like, read it to me, I didn't I didn't believe that was real. Like pa- <laughs> Patrick is a, Patrick's a pretty funny guy. And I was uh, convinced that he was pulling my leg yeah. in this moment. And then he showed that's me how me. good it was. Like it, it was just it was 10 out of 10. When I talked to him, he had the same like good vibes. Yeah. And talking about the roster and he was like. We got dogs. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, wow. It's, yeah. Tommy Pham was just, like, full of quotes last I know. Night. But see, you know what? I will say something about someone like Tommy Pham is <laughs> there, <laughs> there is a certain amount of 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 nastiness and i i get that might not even be the word just toughness like just having an attitude having a chip on your shoulder that honestly we've been around this diamondbacks team they're a nice bunch of guys they really are they're sweet they're wholesome they're nice and they need somebody like tommy fam on the top step of the dugout calling them a bitch they need someone like tommy (laughs) fam absolutely riding them in the clubhouse and giving them the business and you know because i've heard already about that that tommy fam likes to tell his uh apparently likes to tell his teammates that they ain't shit and like that is such a funny (laughs) character building thing that's such a thing that like i don't know it just feels like the way tommy fam is brings that edge to this team that has been so important during a postseason playoff run it just it makes you feel confident it makes you feel like you can do anything because he's the kind of guy that'll look you as a teammate in the face and tell you that there ain't there's nothing that we can't accomplish he's going to say it way more colorfully than that but he's going to throw you know he's going to throw something at you that's going to inspire you he just seems like that kind of guy that just always can get his teammates like fired up in a different way like going out there and be like yeah, yeah. let's go that's in one the thing right but, environment yeah that's perfect and i think that was an ingredient that the diamondbacks need and yeah. i think fam yeah. needs the diamondbacks because he's very comfortable in that club like he, he, he just seems like from some of the things that i've, I've heard in various interactions and again you know tommy fam has a has a, has a certain track record mm. but he looks very comfortable like yeah this is this is part of this is now my family like yeah, yeah. um i i feel really comfortable here and so it's he's the cool ass uncle mix. yeah it's a perfect <laughs> mix uh but they made a lot of history tonight or last night i know someone asked about it um there was uh any word on gabby moreno jblc 88 asked uh so far so good they said that the yeah. x-rays came back negative last night yeah uh they said it was a right hand contusion Obviously, we know how much Gabby Moreno means to this team, Jesse. Any yeah. any scare with Corbin or Gabby right now still Ooh. has that like, oh, it's over for us kind of feeling. And it's always you know? those two guys. It's always man. those two like, guys. No, no one else. No one else on this team gets hurt <laughs> except for I know there are there are exceptions, but yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I said it on on our post game show last night. Like we've had there have been a lot of injury scares this year for. Mm-hmm. Corbin Carroll and for Gabby Moreno, yeah. right? There was a moment in spring training where Gabby Moreno took a pitch on the hand or the wrist, something mm-hmm. in that area. And it was concerning. Uh, I, I remember Tori Lovello being concerned about it in the moment. It wasn't an immediate, oh, it's a contusion, x-rays negative, everything's okay. There was some concern with that situation. Uh, and of course, Carson Kelly wound up going down before the season started as well. It, it would have been a, a potentially disastrous situation yeah. for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. But he wound up healthy then. And, you know, there have been a couple scares during the season. You know, the concussion, what appeared to be a concussion in Milwaukee, that situation wound up uh, turning out okay. And, you know, of course, Corbin Carroll has had a number of injury scares as well. So uh, Diamondbacks have had some some good injury luck this season. And that is certainly that has certainly helped them get to, to the point that they're at right now. Hey, props to Jose Herrera for stepping in both in Milwaukee 
uh, as, as well point. as last yeah. night. After, yeah, like, after the backswing incident again, with Gabby. You know, when you're the backup catcher, you're, you can be somewhat of a caddy, but like, okay, he, he has that value. So he, you know, he shouldn't get overlooked for his contributions, you know, yeah. in, in Milwaukee as well as last night. We also got to see Pavin Smith get a pinch hit opportunity in we a did. huge playoff game and he walked. He right? walked, which is exactly, <laughs> exactly. what is so Nobody on It's amazing. But uh, per Sarah Langs, Gabriel Moreno now is the first catcher with three plus home runs in a single postseason season at age 23 or younger so he has created mlb history uh, and this team is doing things obviously that is just incredible again per sarah uh geraldo perdomo corbin carroll gabriel moreno and alec thomas uh the d-backs are the third team in postseason history with four players age 23 or younger with a home run in a single postseason they joined the 2020 atlanta braves and the 2015 chicago cubs two teams that you very much uh, are okay with being compared to, but and they yeah. both won the World Series the uh, next year. Yeah, the next year, correct. Wow. That's uh, and that's honestly, uh, I mean, that's one thing that you could be tremendously excited about is break is the trend. The Do it this year. Yeah, break the trend. <laughs> but it's like it. It is. It's like it's like we keep talking about. I I feel at least me. Uh, you know about what this postseason run means for this team that is here ahead of schedule. What this means for this young team. These young guys that are doing it, and they you get these numbers a lot. The whole twenty three years or younger, and it's Corbin and it's Alec and it's all these guys doing it. Uh, you also have Cattell, who now with his two hits uh, through seven innings, uh, Cattell was the D backs all time leader in postseason hits among second basemen, passing Craig Council. So there's a guy that's you're okay with passing. This Consider- is uh, Cattell's 30th birthday, by the way. Today. Happy he's, birthday, Cattell. He's been go. around forever. He's another guy that has that little bit of swagger. Yeah. Like, little bit. Obviously. Little bit. He yeah. wasn't as swagger. much of a bat flip. He has 112% fucking swagger. His <laughs> bat flip, yeah, kind of underrated. Had more yeah. revolutions. We got to get some kind of graphic. To, to yeah, we're going to do some scientific <laughs> breakdowns on the bat flip. The bat flip, that how far it was yesterday. from home, how many revolutions, <laughs> yeah. all of that. But just, I, I love that. I thought, I thought that was an iconic home run, standing there with the, the the wide leg, split leg stance there after the home run. He almost wanted to cross his arms like yeah. Andy yeah, Rosario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tommy Pham loved that one. He's like, I, that's the one that he remembers because he was on deck. But yeah. Marte, man, he's been Great this postseason. Uh, Great. Nine is it a nine game postseason hitting streak now for him, or is it it did increase it to ten? Uh that I don't know. Yeah, he, did, he, he, Carol. he extended his postseason. He was one Fantastic. of few players back in twenty seventeen who really showed up for the Diamondbacks yeah. in that postseason. Yeah. Even in that Dodgers series, the D backs, you know, when the D backs got swept in the NLDS that year, could tell Marte was was really solid in that series. And I think that was a kind of a big a really big series for him yeah. uh, as he kind of emerged into being more than just like a nice little player up the middle. You're right. The two, the two triples sure. in the wild card game was kind of his coming out part. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And he was he, there. It, it, it is. It is a nine game hitting streak and it is actually a franchise record wow. for the postseason. His, his batting average in the postseason, obviously just 17 and, and this year, 359 batting average, OPS, 1,093, 1.093. Like Cattell Marte, he's a, he's a dog in October. He absolutely is. Arf, arf. Arf, arf. Uh, we we're without Damon Dog today. We got Fodge here though, so of course, uh, it's not the people's producer. It's the Overlord. It's the Overlord here. Uh, but we appreciate you guys being here. Of course, if you have not subscribed to our channel here yet, make sure to do so. Uh, sign up for notifications that way you don't miss when any of our wonderful shows on this network go live. Leave us a little thumbs up. That's our Attaboys, and we don't get mad about Attaboys. You can give us one. We're not gonna hit home runs against you and stare you down. Uh, drop that like though, as Gabby says there. That is funny. Uh, We've always used that expression. Yeah, for the YouTube likes. And <laughs> 
taken on a whole new meaning in the last 48 hours. It really does. It really (laughs) is. Of course, the Diamondbacks are a wagon, so you want to get the shirt of the the unofficial shirt of the Arizona Diamondbacks playoff run uh, and get that wagon shirt. For all wagon and snake aficionados, you can get that uh, and support this team that is absolutely rolling over the competition in the playoffs. Uh, also, great way to celebrate is with our friends at Wink. That's W-Y-N-K. It is a seltzer drink with a wink of THC. And how high will it get you? Uh, again, just a wink. So make sure to check them out. Uh, it's the perfect balance for uh, any time. Fall is a great time to be uh, social. A lot of parties around Halloween time, a lot of get-togethers, and a great way to do so is with a balanced, light, and social drink. Uh, It has zero calories, zero sugar, zero alcohol. So, of course, uh, it just has that little wink of THC with a CBD balance that helps you get uh, the exact golden ratio of, of, of enjoyment out of uh, your THC drink. So it also tastes like your favorite refreshing flavored seltzer, uh, and it is available now in either a 2.5 or 5 milligram can. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday Good dis- dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica dispensaries in Tucson. You can also save money online by going to drinkwink.com, that's W-Y-N-K, and use promo code PHNX for 20% off your order. Uh, people were pointing out that once again, uh, I took Lance Lynn, in my bet MGM bet before yesterday's pregame for two strikeouts, and he did not get me those two strikeouts. Oh, uh, am you I okay taken with him that? For two homers, Derek. My I, look, I've, I've, ta- I've taken the minimum on Did Dodgers pitchers one? in this series, and they have caused me to lose every single one of my bets. And I have said this: I'm okay with that. If it if all it costs me is five dollars to get the Arizona Diamondbacks to beat the Dodgers in the postseason happily take you just auto deducted out of my account we don't have to go through this process of me voluntarily giving it to you we can just set up that but of course uh it's been fun to have this uh this run and it's been made more fun by the bet mgm app uh, of course if you haven't had a chance to get down on it place your first bet mgm sports book wager through the mobile application of at least ten dollars and you will get $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. All you got to do as a new customer is sign up with our code uh, PHNX. You can do that on iOS or Android or at their website at betmgm.com. Um, deposit at least $10 upon your sign up into your newly created account and place a wager in that amount of at least $10 at a standard odds price. Once you've placed a qualifying bet, you'll receive $200 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of your bets uh, of your bet outcome. There's all sorts of wonderful uh, bonus bets. There's a lot of same game parlay uh, insurance. So again, if you want to make these crazy bets on the Diamondbacks during the playoffs, make sure to uh, opt into those uh, insurance opportunities. That way, if your bet doesn't hit, you will get that money back. Uh, one tip, though, make sure to keep an eye on the details because sometimes it does have a minimum dollar amount. So should you uh, should your bet be over that, then that disqualifies you from some of those insurance uh, tokens and opportunities. So just make sure to check out the terms over at BetMGM. Uh, and of course, sign up again for BetMGM using our bonus code of PHNX. You can place your first bet wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to our guy Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Ontario, uh, olives are disgusting. I'll say it because no. it's going on in the chat right now. You're just olives so wrong. 
Team Olive, what's up? Elizabeth, I am 100% with you. Uh, no, olives, olives. Are, olives are terrible. They're what? terrible. Kalamata yeah. olives? All forms of oh, olives. Delicious. Every single type of olive. There yeah, are not many on. pizza toppings that I will actually go out of my way to remove, but olives have, are one of them. I've ordered, never felt closer to Jesse than I do I've in this ordered pizza right now. with just olives God. on it. You are a I will sociopath. Go olive. <laughs> You're an crust. absolute sociopath. Uh, You've ordered pizza with just olives? Thin crust okay, well that's olives. A, I mean, I'll eat olives by themselves, but that's a bit psychotic. That's a bit Psychotic. You know, Faj, not cool, dude. Theory. I thought we had something. Not cool. <laughs> wow, I open up like this. Uh, I'm not coming back. See, <laughs> Nicholas says olive oil, though. The only proper use of olives. There he goes. I'm with him all on right, that. All right, that's yeah, fair. There, we can all agree on olive oil. All right. But something I don't know if we can all agree on is who we want to see the Arizona Diamondbacks take on next in the NLCS because they are mm. two juggernauts over there duking it out right now. Literally duking it out. They're getting in fights over things they're saying in yeah. each other. They got a real rivalry going on. Uh, and, of course, uh, who do we want to see? The can, Braves or the Phillies? I can mean, all of us agree. Can all of us agree? Oh my god! Just gosh. get out. Just oh get out. I, we've already proved that Jesse <laughs> Jr. can take over in that seat. So uh, first, uh, yeah, and you have to give me a ski on the way out. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about this because obviously we have the Atlanta Braves, who at this point we know we're the best team in baseball record wise. They were the best team in baseball as far as performance goes in a lot of categories, uh, but. Their pitching this year was not what it has been in the past because I know that's been a strength of theirs as well uh, over the last few seasons and with injuries and some other just kind of regression that they had. The the Braves uh, pitching wasn't wasn't the superior pitching staff it's been. Yeah, not not really. Uh, and here in the postseason, it, it hasn't been great for them. You know, obviously they're they're down uh, two games to one in the NLDS to to the Philadelphia Phillies right now, and a big part of that has been. Spencer Strider is great yeah. on his on his game, doing his thing. Max Freed has been dealing with a, a blister issue, I believe. Yep. He did not look good in his in his one start that he's made in the playoffs. And uh, Bryce Elder had a really brutal second half of the season after being an All Star, and he really got hammered uh, in in his start as well. So the the Braves kind of have one starting pitcher right now that I think they can they can really rely on, whereas the Diamondbacks have two. And, and ultimately, I think that's what this comes down to for me is, would you rather face Spencer Strider and, and you know, the rest of those Braves starting pitchers? Or would you rather face, you know, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola? And, you know, the, I think the Phillies have a better bullpen as well. For me, I think as crazy as it is to say the team that won 104 games, the team that had the best record in the regular season of any team in baseball, the team that had basically the best offense in Major League history, you could argue. They slugged over 500 as a team in <laughs> the regular season, crazy. which still blows my it's mind. It's crazy. But a lot of, you know, a lot of what, what it comes down to in the postseason is who's hot at the right time. And I think the Braves have like, granted, it's been three games, but I think the Braves have like a 550 OPS so far in those three games that they played against the Phillies. They're, they're, they're not really hitting right now. And, uh, you know, both of these offenses are really dynamic. But if you can you can catch the Braves at a time where the offense isn't really clicking, uh, I guess if they were to come back and win these next two games, maybe it would be uh, at that point. But from what we've seen so far, the, the offense has not been anything like what it's been in the regular season. Charlie, Charlie Morton, the, the loss of him, obviously, was. Uh, I, I think hurt Atlanta, so they might get him yeah. back in the league championship series. But does he move the needle all that much? You know, I, I think part of the element of this too is you, you talk about catching teams at the right time. Time, time is of the essence. We're talking about the the potential, uh, you know, downside of this layoff for the Diamondbacks. Well, if Philadelphia can win tonight, then both teams basically are, are they have got the same downtime. Like yeah. Diamondbacks have one extra day, yeah. so that kind of I think levels the playing field. So in that way, you go. 
all right, if you want to cherry pick Atlanta, okay, maybe they're 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 not as good, but they're going to be a little bit hotter. They're going to have a little bit more momentum because they're going to have one at home in Atlanta, and they're going to start there as well. Whereas if you have Philadelphia, sure, you're going to probably get Nola and Wheeler four times in that series in Philadelphia, which I think has uh, been a little bit more hostile than than Atlanta. And yeah. uh, the Phillies have a great record at Citizens Bank Ballpark in the postseason since that uh, yeah. building was erected. But both teams have the same layoff, and I think that might level the playing field all the more for Arizona. Well, let's take a look at the Atlanta Braves' numbers from this season uh, because, again, they were very, very good. Number one in run differential at plus 231. They had that 104 win season came into, uh, you know, even though they were kind of coasting there at the end, they still finished seven and three in their final 10 games of the regular season. But this is where we were talking about the starting pitching ERA and relief pitching ERA just kind of being middle of the pack. Right. I mean, there's the 11, uh, their, their relief, their bullpen ERA, a little bit above average starting pitching ERA, just slightly below. Uh, but it's that 845 OPS. And I mean, we talked about the Phillies being an offensive a, a potent offensive team, but this Braves team really was the best offense in baseball this season. Yeah. Now they might, you know, they might be taking a little while to get things going against the Phillies, but maybe once, you know, if this, if this series does go five, um, you know, maybe once they're there, they, they, they got things rolling, you know, and that's, that's not the greatest, you know, you don't, you don't want this team that was able to perform this well during the regular season. Uh, to to get hot and right before they they face yeah. the Diamondbacks, pitching wins in the postseason it really does. So at, if Atlanta doesn't necessarily, <laughs> well, I feel have like that. I feel like that's been sort of a debate on this show the last couple weeks. Well, is historically you, that is it. Like good, but I think good pitching beats I good think hitting. Historically, yeah. we've it, also seen research where good offense like correlates with with better postseason performance than good pitching does. Yeah, because we were like statistically, we were talking as about weird it with as the that Brewers. Is. Yeah, because we were this was the debate with the Brewers oh, yeah, or the Phillies, sure, like which sure. one you wanted to see. Right. Yeah. And obviously losing, uh, you know, one of their three guys in Brandon Woodruff drastically changed that three game series. But the Diamondbacks still had to face in the two games, Freddie Peralta and, and Corbin Burns. And those are still tough. part of that. Yeah, they're still very tough pitchers that those are the guys. I mean, it would have probably been Brandon Woodruff instead of Freddie Peralta, but the, the results could have been the same. My thing was the Diamondbacks offense was not very good uh, closing out the season. And you were mixing that with, yeah. uh, you know, going up against a potentially the best three man rotation in baseball. Somehow the Diamondbacks woke up, got on a roll and have just stayed hot offensively so far this postseason the whole entire time. But the same could be said about the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, Brave starters against D-backs this year, um, pretty pretty decent success. I mean, Spencer Strider uh, in his first start in June, six uh, innings pitched, three hits, two earned runs, four walks, seven Ks. In July, he went six innings, gave up four hits, four earned runs, one walk, but 13 Ks against the Diamondbacks on that one. So Spencer Strider just continues to be very good against this team. I think, wasn't that the day that, that Gallon and Strider had like dueling no hitters or something I think for so. like five yeah. or six innings? Yeah, I believe And then so. all of a sudden, I think the D-backs got, got Strider yeah, for like a couple home runs and then And that's also the day where it felt like during that, that was during the dark times where it mm. literally felt like Zach Gallon could go out there and literally pitch a, a you know, a, a no hitter almost. And somehow, you know, things still didn't, still, yeah, still, <laughs> still wouldn't go their way, but... Um, I mean, uh, we haven't seen Max Fried this year, but he did throw seven consecutive innings last year against the Diamondbacks on, on July 31st. Uh, seven scoreless uh, innings. Uh, yeah. And, of course, uh, Elder on July 18th went two and two-thirds innings, gave up seven hits, seven runs, five earned, one walk, four Ks. So 
you know, I mean, the Diamondbacks, again, you, you can look at these past performances. I don't even know if this is the same Diamondbacks team anymore that it was yeah. in July and, and in June. But uh, again, they've, they've had success at times against the Brave starters. But uh, Philadelphia, they've they've been very good against the Diamondbacks. And I still I still remember that series that we played against them that. It, 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 like we were riding on a high at the time. This was when the wagon was strong and new and rolling. Yes. And the Phillies absolutely smacked the Diamondbacks back down to earth at the time. But let's take a look at their numbers from this regular season because, again, they're also a very dangerous team. These NL East teams, man, I mean, they're, they had the Diamondbacks number this year uh, 90 and 72 for their record, plus 81 run differential. Uh, seven, they came into the final 10 games, seven and three. Starting pitching ERA, again, middle of the pack. 4.30 literally uh, league average relief pitching 3.58 the seventh best in major league baseball a good bullpen cool yeah. good bullpen good OPS 765 so another good very very good offensive team sixth in baseball but offensive run saved minus 30 26th in baseball you love to see it you love to see it <laughs> because you love to see sloppy play and you know that the Diamondbacks are just a very very good defensive team so when it comes to making mistakes in the postseason and potentially matching up with the Phillies the Diamondbacks could have an advantage there when it comes to just how good this team has been uh, on on the defensive side of things. Yeah, I think the the D-backs played both teams pretty tough in in the regular season overall. Didn't the they win both season series. So the uh, no, the D-backs were three and four against the Phillies. They were okay. three and three against the Braves. And yeah. that three and three against the Braves is almost a little deceiving because two of those games were blown right at the very end. The D-backs were very close to being five and one against the Braves this season. Theoretically, uh, I believe one of those games. They lost eight to five. That was the season finale of that first series back in June. Uh, we've talked about this game a decent amount. That's when Miguel Castro gave up a, a grand slam to, I think it was Eddie Rosario, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that turned a, a, a potential four five four win into an eight five loss. That's how that game ended. D backs had a chance to to win that series. And then in Atlanta, when the D-backs got the Braves the second time, they almost swept the series. They were very close to sweeping that series. And that was another game where I believe Miguel Castro had some rough things happen uh, <laughs> late in that one. Uh, the Braves scored four runs in the bottom of the eighth of that uh, series finale and ultimately won that game seven to five. So uh, and this is something that Zach Gallen said yesterday when when I asked about, you know, the Braves and the Phillies, how you feeling about these teams he said we we played those teams tough. Like we can yeah. we can hang with those teams. And I agree. I think the D backs proved that against the Braves. They also, you know, even though the D backs went three and four in the regular season against the Phillies, there was another uh, kind of a heartbreaker in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe we were doing. I don't remember if we were doing a watch along for that game. Uh, was but this that the was JT Real Muto game. This was the Trey Turner game. Oh, the Trey Turner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we label the, all the Philly games. This by the was way, the, the info. Oh yeah, yeah. Je it wasn't it you, Jesse, that said Trey Turner's been so bad this year. No, no, it was it was one Sean DePaz. It was Sean DePaz. Oh, yeah. who, uh, yes. who moments before Trey Turner <laughs> like hit a game time two run home run, uh, he made a comment that yeah maybe he shouldn't Jeez. have, and the Phillies came back and, and won that game in extra innings. So uh, that you know if the D-backs are able to pull that game out, then that flips to four and three in the regular season. Granted, the D-backs haven't played the Phillies since May, I think. That's so true. It's been a long time, true. and the Phillies were not in a good place at, at that time. So. 
Yeah, the D-backs hung with, hung with both of these teams in the regular season. None of this matters, I don't think. None of this regular season stuff matters at all because all of these teams are different now. That's and a fair honestly, point. I agree. like the Braves, for instance, their depth doesn't really come into play nearly as much right now. Like maybe it would if they had injuries, and they, and they do, right? So they still have good players that they can go out there and, and put a competitive team on the on the field even though they are missing key members of their, of their lineup and of their starting rotation. But uh, – Again, the Diamondbacks, we're just the, – the Diamondbacks might quite possibly be the team that is built best for some of these playoff situations. I know they don't have a great option when it comes to a fourth starting pitcher, which they will right. absolutely need yeah. in this yes. series regardless that of who they play. interesting. But <laughs> at the same time, like, man, I just can't help but feel like I, – I, I just don't know how much that matters with the fact that what we saw the Dodgers pitchers doing what they did, including – the legendary Clayton Kershaw who couldn't get more than one out in his outing, right? So it's like, yeah, it almost feels like if we could get a bullpen game where some what anybody goes out there and gives them two innings of one run baseball that you're like, that's a win at this point, especially considering that this team right now is is trying to patch it together as far as that, you know, starting rotation. And they're trying to do some creative things. Tori's definitely managing this team in a way that like we discussed last night, we've never seen a manage before. However, it does seem to be very effective in the playoffs. I did want to answer Cog's question because he asked a little while ago, the minus 30 defensive runs saved by the Phillies. He wanted to know how much of that is Trey Turner. Negative 12 of those defensive really? runs saved wow. are Trey Turner's. Wow. Negative 12 defensive runs saved this season for Trey Turner. One of the worst in baseball. In fact, there's only a handful of players that had uh, worse seasons defensively including jose altuve who had a minus 13 defensive run saving jerks uh, profile was really bad in left field for the rockies you can't blame uh, you can't blame jose he just can't get to the baseball well, the, the real one is kyle schwarber he's minus 21 yeah so kyle well, well, schwarber that's, that's is a the, that's blows my the mind. actual guy because <laughs> yeah. i think i think Schwar so schwarber's minus 21 trey yeah. turner's minus 12 yeah. as a team they were minus 30 yeah and those two guys combined yeah, for yeah. minus 33 so it's like all the negative value yeah. i guess comes yeah. from those guys it might be skewed I, a little I bit i think the, the the reliever numbers too for the phillies are in a sense skewed going into the series only because phillies bullpen was had the 30th most innings in baseball so like mm -hmm. they're rested like they're yeah they're in a really good spot there they're in a really good shape yeah. and, and you know, yeah. the d-backs bullpen is really strong right now but as much rest as you can give them as possible is, is going to be great so a bullpen game not ideal maybe you know bryce jarvis and, and ryan nelson can combine to give you four innings if they go back to back brandon fott's value or in great his performance in more than likely game three i think is going to be you might not be. You be might huge. not be pulling him at forty-two. You pitches might not. Oh, yeah, you no, might no, not no, be no. pulling him at that point. Especially, especially if he's only given up two hits and no runs. Like, yeah, I, I get it. You're trying to build still on his confidence, though, and I feel like not only is this a matter of that, but it might, like, like we discussed, it might also be the fact that Tori is trying to play the long game here. We know he's very good when it comes to trying to save guys' energy and trying to make sure that they are ready to play. You know, even even when this team was very bad in seasons, he was still managing guys time off like there was a possibility that they could make the postseason yeah. and they would need these guys like he does not change from doing that. And I think that that might be a lot of what we're seeing here because of what the bullpen allows him to do. He has that much confidence in the bullpen that he feels that he has the freedom to kind of 
you know, pull pull someone like Brandon fought earlier. And I'm honestly even Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, like no matter how good those guys are, it feels like he doesn't shy away from pulling them the minute they get in any kind of trouble so that not only can he preserve them, but also preserve, I think, their confidence a bit because they need to sure. remain, you know, they need to remain in a, in a position where they think that they are absolute killers mm-hmm. and that they're going to get this done every single night. It's easy to get your confidence shaken by, you know, a good outing all of a sudden turning on you. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. You know, I mean, you know, I think the way that Tori is managed is maybe a little controversial. Obviously, it's worked, which I guess makes it less controversial. It does. <laughs> probably, yeah. People are probably yeah. pretty on board. Results given the always results, make your decisions. Given the results uh, so far. Yeah. But I think that is a really good point that in in managing the way that Tori has, he hasn't really allowed anyone to have this terrible moment, right? Like Ryan Nelson, things were really blowing up for him there in, I believe that was game one against the Brewers. He gave up like three consecutive hits to start an inning and and boom, Torrey's in there and, and goes to get him. And that situation didn't escalate as a result of that. Yeah. And, and you go up and down the D-backs roster. I'm not sure there's any one player that you could point to who has had, you know, some kind of big moment where things really, you know, backed up on them. And, you know, you feel like that that might be a reason why this team is as confident as it is right now. And, and it's completely different from the way he managed during the regular season. Right. Because yeah, yeah. his philosophy at times was the opposite. This philosophy at the time, we would have us as fans screaming, why aren't you going to take this guy out of the game when Tori's leaving a reliever in or perhaps even a starter? Uh, and you can just tell that there is an amount of uh, like like trying to t- trying to work on stuff like it, the regular season, even though those games matter are also times for guys to continue their development, even when they're major league ball players. And a lot of guys on this team are still very young. So even if they have been in the, the, you know, in, in the majors for a few years, there's still development. There's still Brent Strom trying to coach yeah. you up. They're still trying to get you to believe in yourself. And in some cases, that's the difference. That could be what makes someone like Ryan Thompson be able to do what he's done for this team. When obviously he wasn't viewed at one point as an important enough piece of the race, you know, organization, for them to to keep him on, you know, it seems crazy what he's given the Diamondbacks for any team to have parted ways with him. Yeah, he, he, if, if the Diamondbacks would have acquired him through some sort of trade, we would be saying that, uh, like how great that trade was, as good as the Seawald trade, right? Uh, because we love Paul Seawald, we jump around for Paul Seawald, and Paul <laughs> yeah, Seawald. Apparently, you guys do jump. We around do, for Paul we do. Seawald. Do we have do we have Paul Seawald's tweet by the way? Because this is what makes me love Paul Seawald <laughs> even more. Uh, just him doing a cannonball with David. Greater than Goliath. Uh, just beautiful. I have never seen a player adapt. Maybe I like maybe Tommy Pham too. I've just never seen guys come to a team and become such a part of the yeah. team as I've seen with Pham and, and Seawald. But it's just been incredible. Um, and of course, you know, those guys, big reason why the Diamondbacks are sitting here in this position right now. Yeah, yeah Paul Seawald was he he was feeling good last night too, knowing that, you know, this time last year he was you know, coughing up games for for the Mariners, you know, that, that yeah. Blue Jays series. Yeah. So yeah. that was like such a big turnaround for for him to do that. And and what was the quote last night, Jesse, where he was just like, Yeah, I wasn't even sure myself that this was was gonna yeah. happen. Last <laughs> night last night was a was a close game. They got the four home runs and you go, ah, they're destined to win. It it was a close game where yeah. it, it, anything could have happened at the yeah. end, and and yeah. even Seawald wasn't sure what was going to happen. He in the sounded night. yeah, his quotes <laughs> sounded like like he was like a pessimistic fan, yeah, like yeah. Like, yeah. like someone in this <laughs> office or something. He, he literally said, and I'm 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 paraphrasing, but he he basically said, I didn't feel good about this game until the very last pitch. We like, didn't. Either. I was not convinced <laughs> we, didn't we were going to win this game. I didn't feel like we were going to win this game until the game was over. Right. It, it took us a long time to get on air yesterday because we were we were so like engaged and locked. 
walked in that we forgot we had work to do. We were, <laughs> we were watching just like all of you guys were, and we had no idea what was going to happen. We got PHLY in the chat. Welcome, you guys, by the way. Uh, hope to see you guys soon as well. We got we got some we got hey we, hey hey what? hey hey I was in their chat with the PHNX Sports account okay the, really? the, one of the first games that they played in the yeah. playoffs I said hopefully we'll see you guys soon and the host said we hope so too you'll make our path easier oh wow it's on Renee and Jamie come on <laughs> yeah now. who said it be Renee or Jamie <laughs> be better than that I think it was Jamie oh I'm telling Damon. Damon's gonna be furious <laughs> they, when he comes back. They've been in the back. All City Network for what, like three weeks? Yeah, and they're already they're yeah. already making these Let's kinds pipe of comments. Down over there, right? Know your role. Know your role. Yeah. Phly. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, either way, can't wait to see who the Diamondbacks take on here next. Um, also, speaking, uh, I think uh, after last night's show, we might need to have a swear jar on the stage uh, oh, or no. uh, somewhere on the set. Uh, <laughs> that that might be just for me. I don't know. I know you guys are can control yourselves, but was it might be just for me show back. really an hour and 40 minutes it long? It may have been. Wow. I, but, I mean, you're kind of responsible for that. We were waiting for you. So, I mean, <laughs> that's fair. You joined That's us fair. at like the I thought, hour 15 I thought you were going to say you're responsible for that because you just wouldn't stop talking. When that you came also on the was show. true. Maybe that 25 was minutes. I needed to let you get it in. I needed to let you get it in. So I completely understand. But uh, again, we thank you guys, of course, for being here. Uh, if you haven't checked out our friends at Shady Rays, uh, we highly recommend it. Whether you are uh, new to the Valley, new to our podcast, new to being a Diamondbacks fan, uh, the future is very bright for this team. So you absolutely need a good pair of sunglasses in order to continue to watch them. Uh, and if you live in Arizona, it's mandatory that you have yourself a good pair of sunglasses. So make sure to check out Shady Rays. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics that are good for outdoor adventures or driving around town here with the sun in your face. They also offer the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear. Their lost and broken replacement plan uh, they tell us, allegedly, uh, and it happened for me because I lost mine and they sent me a new pair of sunglasses, uh, that if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you out a brand new pair, no questions asked, no judgment, they won't shame you, none of that. They'll just send you out new sunglasses. Uh, they have your back long after you purchase. You can shop their entire collection here in town at their Kierlin Commons location. It's a full-stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And, of course, uh, if you do not love your Shady Rays, you can ex exchange them or return them for free uh, for your money back within 30 days. No risk at all when you shop. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, well, I celebrated last night here on set, and then I celebrated at home more with my friends from OG's Brands because, yeah, of course, did. OG's is the is is the gummy of choice uh -huh. for the postseason. I didn't say official because, again, we know that's not. I, I can't throw that around. Uh, Damon told me that, but uh, I can say it's the unofficial uh, gummy of the postseason because uh, whether uh, you're overcoming losses or celebrating victories. There's no better way to celebrate than OG's brands. Uh, they have their fruit and cream mix bags that are available now, of course, with a variety of flavors in both of those bags. Uh, you can get red apple, watermelon, peach in the fruits. You can get uh, any kind of cream, blackberries and cream, orange cream, uh, peaches and cream, all of that in the creams bag as well. So make sure to check those out. They are available in a sunny sativa or a mellow indica blend, and they do allow you to customize your OG's experience. So if you're just too excited like me at 2.30 in the morning, get their sleep edition gummy. It'll help you get to bed. You might be a little tired in the morning, but it'll put you to bed in no time. So, uh, of course, check out our friends at OG's Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. You can check them out across all socials at OG's Brands and online at ogsbrands.com. Uh, and that's O-G-E-E-Z Brands. Find them at your local dispensary near you. You must be 21 or over to enjoy. And please enjoy responsibly. So what you're saying is after a big W... 
catch a couple big Z's with OGs. I love it. There you go. This is TM. I don't like you coming in here and being better at this than me. <laughs> no, like it really, you just show me up and I, like, I feel bad about myself and I'm like, I'm not as funny as no, Patrick. You're doing all the work in the match and then you just tag me and I'm yeah, just getting you're the, the hot tag. Yeah, not, this is, the hot this tag. Is, he's That's, the hot tag. That's his easy. nickname from now on. But I'm, uh, I'm a little <laughs> concerned about Jay here. Can we go up to Jay's comment? What apparently, happened Jay? apparently Jay has now listened to yesterday's show three times, <laughs> three. which in my estimation is five hours of audio. <laughs> Let's go, Jay. Jay's our number one fan. I love wow. that guy. Let's go. That show is an hour and 40 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, it's five. If you listen to it Sometimes three times, Sometimes you watch a good hours. movie multiple times. What the hell? We have but time in the day. 24 hours Three times yeah. in the same night? Oh, yes. Because sometimes you just can't get enough of me and Michaela We love you, Jay. You, know, you, you think you're a diehard if you listen stuff. to the show? Yeah. You're only a diehard if you listen to it multiple times. That's right. He's right. He's not wrong. Uh, by the way, speaking of that, um, uh, I found Tori last night confessing uh, that the F word is his favorite word uh, when he's. Uh, he did. He did he say did that on that. the record. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To same, Tori. Same. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of the Diamondbacks did not get into any controversies in this series, which was surprising because it was the Dodgers. Right. Not to say that that they, they would they wouldn't have to. But we do know that the Diamondbacks and Dodgers have had kind of a nice relationship. It hasn't really been contentious like these two uh, rivals have been in the past. I really felt like it, it, like it, it, there wasn't even any like shit talking until we got those comments about right. the Chase Field situation. That felt we like shouldn't, yeah, we should maybe talk um, talk about that at some point. Yeah, no, I David mean David Peralta we got very heavy booze yesterday. He did. And I mean, this is a guy that like like we said yesterday, and we probably screamed about it more and we were just kind of more emotional about it, but this was a guy that the Diamondbacks gave a tribute video to a guy that when he, yeah. he comes to the ballpark wearing Dodger blue still gets a smattering of applause from the Diamondbacks faithful. And this, you know, turncoat now has the audacity to go on record and talk all of this trash. Honestly, as far as I was concerned, all he did was give the Diamondbacks bulletin board material and gave Diamondbacks fans more of a reason to come out. Because there was guys like our little baby angel, Aaron Hughes, that was absolutely furious, ready to fight someone over it. <laughs> and I understand because so was I. I mean, when you read those comments, it's okay for it to come from guys that have never played for this organization. But if it's coming from guys like J.D. Martinez and it's coming from guys like David Peralta, it hurts. But it hurts more from Peralta. Like, we, yeah. that guy was, was the face of this team at one point and for him to just be snickering over there about how they were going to, you know, the Dodgers fans were out going to outclass us and they were going to out, they were going to, you know, make this into uh, like a home game for them on the road. It, it, it did nothing. I think Elise might've said it. Elise said like, he's a free agent after this year. So he like, he villain, he became a villain for our fan base in a year where he's probably not even going to stick around with the Dodgers potentially after this season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, David Peralta just didn't have a great season for for the Dodgers. I think it was like a 675 OPS or something like that. It's not great for for a corner outfielder. Uh, but yeah, his his exact words, just real quick. David Peralta in, a, in an article from the LA Times about how this game could potentially feel like a home game for for the Dodgers. Peralta said, "We're going to feel like we're going to like we're going to play at home." Those were his exact words. Uh, he said, "He said uh, of his time as a Diamondback, every time the Dodgers would come in there to play against us, it was blue. We got excited because the stadium was packed, but it was all Dodgers fans." Those comments are more a matter of fact. Uh, but the comment about we're going to feel like we're playing at home—that's something that that's obviously going to rub the you know your right. former. Uh, your former faithfuls the wrong way, and it, it certainly did. Uh, I think he got 
he got heavier booze than probably any Dodgers hitter in that game yesterday. And Peralta has been with the organization for a decade. Like he, he signed, yeah. you know, minor league deal in 2013. So you're like, wow, like he undid it that much. So, so you almost should have a little bit of a sensitivity to that. And uh, yeah well him and that's him, fuel that's fuel man again him and jd they're the only guys that we had a chance to have like emotions about but they didn't really do anything to cause fans to be upset with them other than the team that they are with right yeah. like that's the only thing so like yeah that's why i said like the beef between these two teams you, this year has not only been like almost non-existent but it's almost been pleasant to the point <laughs> that it infuriated our producer Damon with how nice these these teams have been to you know that Mookie Betts interview with Corbin Carroll on Mookie Betts's podcast Zach Gallon going on the next day it was they were Mookie, delightful Mookie Betts interrupting Tori Lavella's Tori, press yeah, conference Mookie, to yeah, give, yeah, him right, a hug. give him a hug right <laughs> this was the sweetest kindest rivalry between two division teams I've ever seen it wasn't a rivalry frankly it definitely and I, wasn't and I don't know even after this if it if it is no, right does one are, does no. one playoff series turn this into a rivalry. Probably no, not. No. Um, I mean, I, there was a lot of talk, though, about the Atlanta Braves and Philadelphia Phillies rivalry. And they were saying there was a lot of good examples given in regards to that. We talked to Jimmy Rollins uh, before this, the NLDS. And Jimmy Rollins, being a former Philly, went on a very descriptive rant about how you start to hate the blue of Atlanta, like that particular blue, not blue in general, that dark blue and red combo. You start to hate Turner Field. You start to hate seeing their fans at your stadium in good seats. You start that's that's when you know you start to have a rivalry. Yeah. When you literally, as a player, go up to a former player, you know, like he said, one of his one of his teammates was wearing Mets. Uh, a Mets uniform and it disgusted him and he was supposed to go up and dap him up and be cool and he was like I couldn't because he was wearing Mets and he looked at me like bro it's still me and he was like nah man <laughs> like that orange and that blue together nah and so like those are real rivalries when you as a player especially in like Rollins's case played for an organization for so long that you do hate all of those other teams in your division to that extent where yeah. you're like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to shake your hand right now because you're, in, you know, <laughs> like that even seems ridiculous and too far. But like he said, that's where, you know, you have a rivalry. That wasn't the case this year with the Diamondbacks and, and D-backs, no. uh, Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. They, they very much liked each other. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are just, wonderful guys that are hard to hate right so it's like that yeah. you have the fact that they're coming over and giving hugs to our team and everything's cool like it's just wild and it it, it did it took the vitriol out of this but meanwhile things are heating up for the braves and the phillies and things are only getting uh spicier when it comes to this uh we have this uh bryce harper uh, uh orlando arcia uh, controversy where after bryce Hub, uh, harper got doubled off uh first in the braves uh, game two win orlando arcia mocked him in the clubhouse saying at a boy Harper, uh, while reporters were in the clubhouse, which has turned into literally a shirt you can buy over at uh, the PHLY locker. <laughs> the PHLY is yeah. they're mar they're marketing this. They're getting, fast, they're getting a lot of fast, juice. Get out on of it fast. Oh. <laughs> uh, of course, then we had in Game Three Harper stare down Arcia after both of his home runs. Which again, Bryce Harper. He's not the player he once was, but he is not a man that you want to give any kind of fuel to, to that fire. Like yeah. those guys in Philadelphia seem to play on high emotions. And when you give them again, like this kind of bulletin board material that David Peralta gave the Diamondbacks, you're, you're just asking. You're just asking for it, you know. And I mean, I know we as media at times are kind of responsible like this case for kind of making those comments known and then kind of this spreading. So, I mean, I, I guess 
Jesse, uh, from your perspective, are, yeah. are, are all the players' comments when we're in there filming and writing articles, are they all, yeah. you know, free game or what, what, what do we, what do you think here? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this. I've talked to some other people in the industry to kind of get their sense of things as a reporter who's in the clubhouse frequently. I want to make it clear. It's not like we go into the clubhouse and everything we see and hear is immediately like going on the internet. That's correct. not, that's yeah. not the correct way to do your job as a reporter at the same time, the way that, and I would really have to be there in order to really have a sense of whether what RC has said is something that I would have reported or not. But the sense that we are getting from what we've heard is that Arcia was was saying this like loudly and like multiple times while reporters were in the room to the point where he was basically asking for reporters to report this in a sense. And, um, and we've seen this on occasion where after a win, guys are high on emotions and they're coming back and sure. yelling something. You know, maybe maybe in some cases it's just screaming and 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 cheering. Maybe in some cases it's very specific about you know, a, an incident or whatever, you know, like, uh, like I, I got, I got our guy, Chuck Boyer from the D backs 50, 50 <laughs> yelling about the Gabrielle Moreno run when he came past me, just yelling like that one wasn't foul. That would have reminded me of if that would have happened as the last hit of the game and they would have won on that. I could see players coming back to the clubhouse and yelling that one wasn't foul you know like sure. so like but that also incidents. like that's not a shot it's at not a particular a shot. play right that right, would be right. different yeah but yeah. but it could be it could be at times and it depends on how again how fierce the rivalry is and how much at times you kind of do want to mock that player right so it's like it, it, it like you said in this instance it very much came off as like a player high on emotions but it also came off as definitely like you know, putting it out there that, that, you know, boy, Harper, boy, you know, like that kind yeah. of stuff. You're, you're not shying away from it. You're not trying to hide it. It wasn't something that was just meant for some sort of team activity. Cameras are there. Reporters are there and, and, you know, you're yelling it, but they're, they're, it, they're, it did kind of come become controversial because right. it was covered the way it was. You, you have to be careful in the, in the clubhouse if you're a player, especially at, at times like this, where it's not just the local media that's covering, like, when we're in the clubhouse each and every day, like you're building up trust. Like I, I can remember in the past talking to a player who said and legitimately believed they were a better defender at third base than Nolan Arenado. Now that wasn't necessarily something that I was going to, you know, gain traction or something like that. And it was like, all right, that's maybe a little clickbaity. So I, that's something I'll just keep to myself. Like it's, it, it doesn't really help anybody yeah. to put that piece of information out there. So you're building up this certain level of trust, and then in the postseason. Everything kind of is fair game. And again, you've got other people that Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Atlanta, the Phillies, like they don't know who these these people are. Like it's they're trying to maybe make a name for themselves. And sure. the rules do slightly, slightly change in that. And, and again, if you're going out there and you're, you know, you're trying to, you know, uh, say something that's a little bit incensed in that in that way, like yeah. like Arcia was. Yeah. What do you expect is, is going to happen? So it, it's not that everything is fair game, but this particular thing is definitely fair game. I, I think so. Uh, I think we as reporters do see a lot that goes on in the clubhouse that, like Jesse yeah. said, you're you're expected not to report on. I mean, we're right. just sitting there while the, we're we're hanging out waiting for media op, uh, availability while these guys are just talking to each other and text messaging and whatever. Yeah, there's all kinds of off the record yeah. stuff that happens. All sorts. But yeah. for Orlando Arcia to be 
like appalled that this got out there. And his teammates, is a, is a, a lot problem. of people. Yeah, and I know even even other guys around the league who aren't his teammates. I think Kevin Kevin Gosman, you yeah. know, put out a, a couple of very vocal tweets about this, about how the clubhouse is the player sanctuary and what happens there should stay there unless you know, like a reporter is talking to you with a microphone and it's very clear what's happening. You just can't if you're a player and there's reporters in the room, you just can't go out there and say things like this, this vocally, this loudly, this easily for everyone to hear, uh, especially when there's, you know, a pretty large media contingent in the room. Right. right. The chance that nobody picks that up right. is basically non-existent. Right. And you have to understand that if you're a player. And at times it is difficult because at times we have fun moments and stuff. We have off the record conversations. Sure. I know that I've had quite a few off the record conversations with Zach Gallen. That I mean, again, Zach Gallon is very specific about like <laughs> going like this is off the record, right? Like so, like there's things that again we get yeah. trusted with being told or conversations we have. A lot of times, it's usually not even about that person or individual. Sometimes it's more about like coaching and stuff or whatever, right? But uh, like for instance, I'll, I'll give an example of when uh, we had a funny instant uh, uh, interaction with Jake McCarthy. Where one night, you know, like media does, we were covering the guys that like had the big hit in the game, the starting pitcher, you know, the few guys we were going to talk to. And Jake just kind of came over to the media and made a joke about like, hey, guys, want to talk to me? And I had tweeted something out about it. And someone told me that that was a bad idea. Jesse also told me it was a bad idea because, again, <laughs> that kind of thing, even though it was a joke, even though it wasn't intended to make Jake look bad in any way or whatever. And I just thought it was a funny instance and Jake was the one that like did something funny it was intended just for the clubhouse and that's not like like not everything is intended to be you know put out there for yeah. public display and the problem is sometimes there's a lot of funny stuff that happens in the clubhouse there's a lot of things like this is kind of a funny thing so I could yeah. see it being less malicious and more just about hey it was funny that Arcia came in and, and yelled this thing right and again it that's this is sports. This is sports. You're going to say things and then that thing's going to turn into a thing. And then the other team's going to use it as uh, fuel for, for them to come back and beat you. There's going to be shirts made about it. Everything it, like it loses its, it's context yeah. a little bit too. Like you said, like, yeah, if you just read the McCarthy uh, text, it's like, Oh, you know what, what, what's going on here? And you're like, oh, no, no, it's a joke. You, yeah, there, there's exactly, there, there's, there's no a lot of context lost on it when you're not there. Sarcastic font. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that doesn't exist. Absolutely. I mean, even look at, look at Tori, like dropping F-bombs, like oh, yeah. no one, everyone's <laughs> yeah. kind of okay with that. And it's like, there's similarities and but obvious you, differences oh. between Arcia and, and Lavello, but there is that thing of like, oh, that shouldn't get out because he's using naughty language or whatever. Yeah. But it was pretty like, acceptable, okay. though, for like a postseason no, celebration. No, right. <laughs> it is. No, it absolutely is. But like we saw, right, like Tori had his post game or speech last night kind of behind closed doors. And that is because he wanted to be able to speak freely to his players and not have it impacted by us being present, recording his words, putting it out there, all that stuff. <laughs> Even though his words were still posted by his Major League words Baseball. words are still <laughs> posted. There. It and like it's it not like that, but it's, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's kind of like the last instance. Uh, I will say this. I will say this 100%. That's cause so completely different than the the than this thing between the Phillies and the Braves. What Tory did, as much as some people might think, like, oh wow, that was kind of crass. Like it was so endearing to so yeah, many people yeah. that we love Tory. Yeah, he and got it's like, he got way more fans than he yeah, lost in that. Absolutely. So different side of him, of and that was a good side. And honestly, like Tory is so professional ninety nine percent of the time that to me, I think the joy there yeah. is seeing that side of him that we never actually get to see. He said, right? as Cogs just pointed out, he said he's going on a bender he he live on, disappear. ML, on MLB he Network. He said he's probably going to disappear <laughs> for the next twenty four hours. I was really hoping he was going to show up here because I was just going to leave with him and we're going to clear this fridge out of, of 
Four Peaks beers and, and get going. I like what he said last night, too, where he was asked about the Dodgers. And he was like, you know, if, if I had a little more champagne, I'd say yeah. something different. But you know what? Let me kind of reel it in. the high road. Yeah. Oh, I be respectful so of the Dodgers. I love the, him so much. The last thing I'll, I'll say about this incident, it, you know, whether RC's comments should have seen the light of day or not, Bryce Harper was still going to hit those two home runs. <laughs> like at the end of the day, one. it didn't it didn't matter. You know, Bryce yeah. Harper maybe he gained some extra fuel from this, but he's also Bryce Harper, and he's and he's building a resume before our eyes of being one of the best postseason performers that, that we've seen in a while. Correct. And I don't think this actually moved the needle in terms of the result of any of these games. He might Especially not they won slit his throat. Yeah. He yeah. Looked, do, yeah. Do not get Bryce Harper mad. He is like the Incredible Hulk. That's do the thing. not yeah. get him mad. <laughs> yeah. He would have hit one home run. I disagree with you on that, but he wouldn't have gotten two. One would have gone to the warning <laughs> track. That's for sure. Uh, we got some super chats, by the way. I want to give yeah. a quick shout out to a couple of our guys. Chris Bailey, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for being here again, for your super chat again. He said, want to give this... Uh, during last night's show, but just couldn't stay up any longer. Okay. Love this team. I understand. I was spent myself. I don't even know what well of energy I dug into to yell and scream as much as I did last night. Uh, classy Nasty, thank you for your super chat. He says, Snakes, it's the Yoffs. That's right. It is the damn Yoffs. And I will say this. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, of course, can use all of the positive Good vibes, all of the things going their way, ball bouncing their way, ball bouncing into the seats, like Jesse said. But um, <laughs> we have somebody who we absolutely love and adore around here, uh, Chris Melton, our, our den mother of PHNX. I'm wearing my Team Marlene shirt today. Uh, she, at the end of the season, lost a customized jersey that her mother, who passed away, Marlene, we miss you very much, uh, gave her during uh, you know their, their time as Diamondbacks fans. The jersey meant a lot to her. She lost it during the last regular season game of the year. Unfortunately, the jersey has not come back yet, but uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks presented her yesterday with a new replacement jersey. Derek Hall gave it to her himself, and uh, you, you just can't help but uh, feel like, you know, this team loves its fan base, and uh, they understand. Like, they understand these season ticket holders, these people, especially in this town, are really... They're they're the they're they're the foundation. This this team doesn't have the same kind of out of control fan base that some other franchises are lucky enough to have. So these are the people that we have to absolutely take care of. And I mean, Chris has done so much for us and this team that it's great to see. Yeah. Uh, great to see someone get give back to her. That's a great. And there story. she is. That's there a great story. I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, that was cool. And honestly, uh, like I said, I mean, right now there's a lot of things going on uh, when it comes to this team. Um, and <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things said. coming on this <laughs> team. Is there, is there some news? There's <laughs> some. There's some possible. There's some possible things that they want the positivity to keep rolling on. But um, I, I know Chris and I have talked about it, and uh, this was. We, we've said uh, mom was watching over uh, the team this year and you can't help but feel that with all of this that's happened to them and, and this wonderful run that they're on. But uh, again, shout out to the Diamondbacks. I think Chris was on like Channel 12 News and stuff trying to get that jersey yeah, back. Yeah. She was on every network. Yeah, let's get that jersey <laughs> back, by the way. It's still yeah, out there somewhere. So let's get the real let's get the real one back. Um, and I mean, of course, that way assemble a, a chase field search party. I absolutely will. I will it's I will link there. arms I it, and I, I will go know seat it's, by seat. It's there somewhere. You think right? so? I think that's where it was lost, was inside yeah. of the stadium. Yeah, unless yeah. somebody picked it up and brought it out, which that's I guess probably is possible, the case. But. Yeah, that's probably the case. But um anyway, shout out to Chris. Shout out to all of you. We thank you guys, of course, for being here uh, in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. We thank you guys 
for being PHNX diehards. If you haven't signed up for that membership yet, do so now. Go to gophnx.com. Sign up. You'll get a, a free piece of merchandise uh, from a phnxlocker.com. Of course, get that wagon shirt. This team is a wagon. And not only is this team a wagon, but this team is dangerous. And we might have a new shirt coming for you, Ooh. debuting here very soon. But there are all of our wonderful, wonderful playoff season shirts. So make sure to check out that full selection over at phnxlocker.com. Uh, and again, make sure to uh, sign up if you haven't signed up. Get your free piece of merch. You also get access to our members-only Discord lounge. You get discounts with our partners, $50 gift certificate to Mountain Mike's Pizza, so much more. Dobson Ranch Ranch card, which is uh, paid, that, that Dobson Ranch Ranch card, invaluable. So make sure, get yourself all, <laughs> of, that, all of that stuff over here at gophnx.com. Uh, and also, uh, we wanted to make sure everybody is aware of the Out of Darkness walk that our friend Leah here at PHNX has been uh, helping put together for uh, all of us here. And I mean, honestly, it's uh, we're trying to get back to the charity. I think when I do get the swear jar, what we're going to do is uh, donate all of the money that we put in the in the in the, you know, in the uh, to charity. But uh, the out of darkness walks, of course, uh, is from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, just personally, uh, I have lost one of my favorite cousins uh, in this world due to suicide. It's never easy. And the one thing we want to make sure everybody knows is that uh, we're there for you and there are resources there for you. So uh, the Out of Darkness Walk uh, is uh, just a chance for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to raise awareness and to raise some money um, for this cause and make sure uh, that, you know, we strongly send the message that suicide can be preventable and that none of you are alone. So make sure uh, if you have a chance uh, to sign up uh, for that walk or uh, of course, make sure uh, to contact us and, and find out how you can uh, participate with us as well. So we appreciate all of your support. And of course, you guys have been an incredible community. Uh, so we just want to keep it going. Uh, we do have the link for the walk uh, in our comments. So if you get a chance, go ahead and, and check that out. Uh, Cog says that jar is going to be so full so fast. <laughs> I'm just going to throw a 20 in there out of the gate. And that should cover at least the first two shows, maybe. I don't Yeah, uh, I, Probably I mean, not a whole post-game show. Depends on the show. of game one. Are we, yeah, I mean, are we doing, is it retroactive since this no, show started two years ago? No, it's not retroactive. Absolutely <laughs> not. No. No, but we're going to make a sizable donation on day oh, one. Man, I got a lot of money to pay, but of course, uh, we will be back here tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have another special guest in the house uh, joining us so that we can talk a little bit more about these snakes. Uh, but in the meantime, you can follow us all on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Patrick is at Patrick D lines. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Uh, Michaela is at Michaela. Uh, some initial Perkins. E. I, I don't know. E Perkins. Yeah. Everybody uses their male initial. Uh, Jacob. He's reasonable. He's Jacob underscore Franklin four. Again, the fourth best that Jacob Franklin. His, that just means his middle name starts with an underscore. Ah, right. Gotcha. Jacob <laughs> underscore Franklin. That's all we're calling him. Middle name is Jacob, but we'll get on that on another time. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, really? What? Wait. What? What are we no doing? Way. Show? We can talk about this no, after. No, absolutely not. We are going to talk about this right now. We're not ending the show at all. <laughs> what's, what's, your your first re- name? what's your first name, Jacob? Jacob. Your name is Jacob Jacob Franklin? <laughs> no. no. That's okay. what you said. <laughs> I swear you said. It is what I said, but it's not true. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, now he's not going to tell us, so we got to move on. But uh, again, we thank you guys all for watching. Of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Cog says, can we still bark? We absolutely, we're, we're always Damon's dogs. Arf, arf, arf. Uh, yeah, arf, arf, arf. Uh, and of course, we also have to give you guys a fine 
ski before we get out of here, right? Ski, Derek. A, a ski to you too, Patrick. Ski, ski Jesse. Uh, but we thank you guys again for being here. Uh, we thank you for your time. He's not going to do it. <laughs> I he still refuses don't understand to do it. what ski See, means. Apparently it doesn't learns, really mean anything. Yeah, it totally learns so. the definition. He's not going to use it in a sentence at all. But, uh, of course, uh, we thank you guys again for being here. We appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is more fun when you ski.